Our scripture lesson this morning is actually found in the book of Psalms, number 78. As we look at this, listen to uh, what the psalmist is saying about God's expectations for us, our expectations to tell our stories, to share our experiences regarding God, and to teach our children the ways of God. It takes us all to really tell God's story. Let us now listen to the words of the psalmist. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up, and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Holy wisdom, holy word. And now we will hear the message, or watch the message. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. It's, uh, it's good to have you in worship this morning. And uh, as we begin this sermon, I'm, I'm at the All Church Retreat. Uh, and I sure appreciate everybody who's been involved in kind of making sure that all the bases are covered. So thank you uh, at the outset for doing that. This, uh, this filming of this uh, sermon is, is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Uh, and I really appreciate Bill Ferguson stepping in to help. And where we are is in the beautiful location of our, our, our camp at Lazy F. And uh, we're standing on the bridge, and, and there's Manastash Creek that goes right underneath the bridge, and you'll see it kind of over my right shoulder. And there's a reason I wanted to start out here. And then what we're going to do is is going to head over to the climbing wall and kind of look at that, and I'm going to use it as a metaphor for for daring greatly with our children. And... Uh, and we're going to take on some of this at the retreat as well. So just want you to know that, that we've been dealing with this all weekend um, as you guys have been ready to come to church. I want to start off by, t- uh, by telling a story uh, about my two kids. And the story took place in a, in, a, in a location not dissimilar to this. And we fondly in our family call it the bridge in the rock. And uh, we used to go to Yosemite every year with a group of about 25 folks, many of them, you know, really phenomenally skilled mountaineers, outdoors persons, and one guy in particular, Jamie, who, who grew up at Yosemite and knew every secret place uh, around the, the whole of Yosemite National Park. But every year, um, these guys, before, long before we got there, every year they would they would do certain things on certain days, and one of those days was they would go to what they called the bridge. And the bridge went over a little arm of the Merced River. And at this point, our kids are, uh, I think they're about uh, maybe 14, and Cora is probably 8. Ben 
Uh, our 14 year old at that time had never kind of really taken any kind of risk outdoors at all. And so uh, when we came to the bridge, and I have to describe it for you, so it's somewhat similar to this, although what you need to do is take the creek and lower it by another 12, 12 to 14 feet. And then that kind of, that kind of part of the Merced River was only, I was about, about a little wider than this, and, and, um, but there was one channel that, that kind of ran a, a, along the right side, and that channel was about eight feet deep, and then right just beyond the bridge was a hole that was about 15 feet deep, and um, so wh what would happen is every year, as soon as we came to the bridge, every one of the guys would jump off and drop that 24, 25 feet into that 15-foot hole. These guys were risk takers, and, and what they would do is, uh, I remember Cabone was his name, and he would do a flip every time, just, just a handstand off the rail and flip over and land smack dab in the middle of that 15-foot hole. What was amazing that year was that for the first time, Ben looked at me and said, Dad, I think I want to try this. Uh, there were a bunch of the guys who kind of overheard that, and they came and they kind of slapped him on the shoulder and said, Ben, you know, we know you can do it. But here's the deal. Every one of the other guys by this time, including me, had jumped off and hit that hole. At this point, Ben got up on the rail, looked down, and got right back down. And he said, I don't know if I can do it. Without exception, every one of those guys came and surrounded him with absolute no pressure and, and said, Ben, we know you can do it. There is no pressure here. You're not a failure if you don't, but we just want to encourage you, and we're here to be with you. Honestly, it was about 12 to 14 times that Ben got up on the rail and got back down, got up on the rail, got back down. And finally, Jamie, who was at that point probably 60 or 62, said to Ben, you know what, Ben? What if I got up on that rail with you? What if you and I jumped together? What if I made sure that as you did this, that you were absolutely okay? That was all it took. And Ben looked at Jamie and he said, you know what? If I know you're here and I know my dad's down there, I think I can do this. He got up, he jumped off, he hit square snap dab in the middle of that 15-foot hole. And I will tell you to this day, to this day, now at 23 years old, he still talks about that day as the day that he moved from being a boy to being a man. And you should have heard the, the yips and the yowls and all those kinds of yells from Everybody who was there, all 25 folks who absolutely supported him and would have supported him whether he chose not to jump and yet supported him in the middle of that jump. Now, I get the fact that maybe we don't want to encourage our kids to take dangers in their lives, but you know what? i got to tell you something. Our kids are going to take dangers in their lives. And don't we want to be there to support at least some of those choices? Today we're talking about daring greatly with our children. I wanted to start it off with that, but I, the second story it, it took place that night. And Cora was eight years old. We went out to dinner at our, our, our favorite restaurant in Yosemite, and just outside the outdoor tables was about a 12-foot rock. Um, and it was, it, was, it was probably 40 feet around, and I said 12 feet high. And we were there with uh, seven, seven other girls kind of around Cora's age, many of them older. And many of them had spent a lot of time climbing with their parents, or at least hiking. And uh, Cor and I had spent by this time a little time uh, doing rock climbing, and so she said, I can do this, and up she goes. She scampers up this 12-foot rock, 
got to the top, and as all the other girls began to climb down, she panicked. And she began to cry, and she began to call for me. And believe me, I was on top of that rock in no time at all. And, and, and I kept trying to encourage her and kept trying to help her understand where to put her hands and where to put her feet, and she just, she just wouldn't do it. Um, she got what we as climbers call the shakes, and it, she was just immobilized. What I didn't realize is as I'm talking to her about all this, everyone else, all those you know, 15 guys were beginning to build a pyramid all the way around that rock. And finally I looked down and there's Jamie, this 16-year-old, right, right to my right. And he's there talking to Cora, looking up at her and saying, Honey, I'll bet, I'll bet what you can do is if you allow us to help you get down off this rock, you can use us as handholds and as footholds. And by golly, guess what? She was able to look in the calming face of every one of those folks. And she began to gently climb down that rock. Every single one of those guys helped her and held her as she climbed down. And you would have thought at the end when she hit the ground that she had just uh, gone on an ascent to Mount Everest. The yips and the celebrations were incredible, including those other six young girls who had already gone up and down and slapped her on the back. And, and I will tell you, it was life-changing for her. As I said in a second, we're going to go over to the climbing wall and I'm going to show you um, uh, Cora's favorite uh, ascent of the climbing wall. Um, she's been climbing now for most of her life and that was the beginning, that, that time at Yosemite was just the beginning. She didn't feel like a failure there at all. She felt like she succeeded and it was a phenomenal success. And so she has climbed at every opportunity she's had, including what we're gonna see in a few moments. As I said, today we're talking about daring greatly. Is helping our kids um, take risks. Doesn't have to be jumping off a bridge into water. It certainly doesn't have to be climbing a rock, but our kids are surrounded by risks every single day. And isn't it up to us, and particularly up to us in the church, to make sure that as they climb, as they risk, that we are there to assist them no matter what it is, no matter where it is, no matter how it is, and allow them to succeed. But even more than succeeding, to allow them to even fail in a place of absolute love and grace and our role is to pick them up, dust them off and put them on the road again. Today we're talking about daring greatly and we're doing the same thing at the retreat. So I want you to think about maybe what your role might be in this church. Every one of us has one. A role that will help every one of our children no matter the age, no matter the experience, no matter the family, no matter the economics, no matter what it is. Every single one of us has a role in creating a culture that helps our children dare greatly. I'll tell you what, let's head over to the climbing wall and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So now we are at the climbing wall at Lazy F and this is one of the places where I know my daughter um, wants to come every single time she's at camp. There's some interesting things about the climbing wall. I'm standing in front of the easiest section of the wall, and, and I'm going to have Bill uh, kind of scan that in a few moments. But let me just talk about the wall. Um, the wall offers 
kids of any age level, any kind of experience level, any climbing level, the opportunity to feel as though they are a part of something pretty spectacular. Uh, the wall has, um, has handholds and footholds. Uh, the wall has uh, an area up top, and if I still remember that there is a bell at the top, that once you get to the top, you can ring the bell as a sign of that accomplishment. But here's the deal as we talk about daring greatly with our children. The interesting thing about here is there is absolutely no pressure to climb this. There is no pressure to go all the way up. There is no pressure to even start. But what anyone around this wall will tell you, including the leaders, is that everyone around this wall has a role. For some, it's the role of encourager. For some, it's the role of supporter. For some, it's the role of being um, that person who is on belay. And I'll talk about that more in just a second. Um, for some, it's to make sure, and it, it, as Bill scans around here in a few moments, you'll see that there are large rocks at the base of the wall, and on the far side of each rock is, is, a, is a piton that is hammered into the rock. And the ropes are secured on that piton. Every one of the kids is roped in. They're in a harness, and I've got some examples of that, which I'll show in a second. But some interesting things about this wall. Every side has a different level of, um, of, of experience or a different level of challenge. The one right behind me has all kinds of kind of um, almost square uh, places where it's very easy to climb. And uh, it helps the kids kind of overcome some of those fears and helps them to feel like they can do this. But as we work our way around the wall, what you're going to see are everything changes. And suddenly you have various levels of handholds and footholds. You'll even see built-in outcroppings on each of these walls. And as I said, the level of difficulty goes up depending on which side of the wall uh, you take on. I said everyone around here, not just the climber, has a role. Not just the one who is trained and is on belay, but everyone has a role. And the beauty, the other beauty of this wall is there is no such thing as failure. No such thing as failure. Everyone is encouraged. Everyone is supported. Everyone, no matter what, knows that, that again, they have a role and that what they are seeking to accomplish can be accomplished better in community. So I talked about the rope and the harness and the piton into the rock, and I wanted to show you that. And this is a climbing rope, and I just I tied uh, a bowline into this, and this is the, the knot that, that everybody uses. And if we were having a children's moments today, I, I would have folks, uh, I would have the children tying this knot. And the bowline is, is really the basic climbing knot. And what you do is you curl the rope with uh, the bottom coming up this way, and it's like a rabbit. A rabbit, the rabbit comes up out of the hole, goes around the tree, back down the hole. You grab the loop, and there's the knot. And I'll tell you, it's not going anywhere. It absolutely secures whoever is on the other end of this rope to the person who has them on belay and creates a level of safety that, that it just it's not going anywhere. You can pull and pull and pull and all it does is tighten the knot down. This is what we do for our kids as well. We tie that knot with them to make sure that they know that they're okay no matter what. 
Climbing ropes are, have a little bit of elasticity in, the, in them, but not a lot, and are woven in such a way that they just they won't break. But it's also tied into a harness, and this is the harness here. Um, these are for carabiners, and at the All Church Retreat, we're going to hand out carabiners at the end and all get kind of clipped in uh, using, believe it or not, this rope. And I wanted to show you this, this, this piton, and this is literally screwed into the rock. And uh, the person uh, who is on belay is secured to this rock so that nothing will happen. And again, I, I think of the fact that um, earlier today, we, uh, we heard chapel with the senior high camp, and they talked about being in the image of God and being secured to the rock. And it is what we seek to do, to help kids see themselves as beloved children of God, secure in their role, secure in their place in the church, and absolutely tied into the rock. And friends, this is as symbolic as it gets when it comes to that kind of thing. And as they climb, as they venture, as they risk, we are there as is God to surround them, support them, and keep them solid, grounded in faith. And that is also our role, to help them stay grounded in faith, knowing that they are loved no matter what. So what we're going to do is we're going to venture around a little bit. And I want to show you the different routes. And what this reminds me of is what our kids go through a lot right now. Some of our kids have easy lives, uh, and some of our kids have much more difficult lives, and some of our kids have obstacles in front of them that, that are truly sometimes overwhelming. But no matter who they are, no matter where they are, because of the covenant that we make with them at the point of baptism, our role is to make sure, no matter what, that not only are they okay, but they're encouraged to risk, they're encouraged to move forward, they're encouraged to be better, and, and, and as a church, without question, like around this climbing wall, every single one of us has a role. So let's look at the wall, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. As we move around, um, you've seen the top of this one and how easy those handholds are. We're going to go to the back of the wall first, and um, this is the, the second most difficult climb, and you'll see what I mean about the differences. Uh, notice uh, they, they remove the, the bottom handhold so nobody can, um, can kind of get on the wall before, uh, before everything is in place, but if you scan up, you see um, the, the handholds and the footholds and how much more intimidating it is here uh, than it might have been on the front of the wall. But again, there are a variety of routes, a variety of directions, a variety of ways that they can go, and it's totally up to them how they proceed. So let me show you the next one, and it's over on this side of the wall, and you'll see that on this one, there is a major obstacle that's built in, and really, there are three. Uh, and, and again, you can choose to avoid the obstacles, or you can choose to utilize the obstacles and push yourself a little bit. Um, to see if you can do it. And again, without risk, because you're on belay, there's a person at the ground level who is supporting you the whole way. And if you should fall, they are there to make sure that you're going to be fine. So check this out and just imagine yourself on this wall. Uh, amazing, isn't it? 
And oh, by the way, I didn't mention that some of the men in Aldersgate helped build this. And I'm just proud to be standing here right now preaching to you on a Sunday morning where I'm away at the All Church Retreat. But here at Lazy F, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing sink. So we're going to go to the other side of the wall and, uh, and take a look at, um, at the other obstacle. And it, is, it can be overwhelming. I will tell you now, now that you know a little bit of Cora's history, this is her favorite side. And she will start out on this side and choose often the most difficult route on this side of the wall. So check this out. Look at this outcropping. It's not just one level, it's two. And again, it's risky, it's scary, it's sometimes overwhelming. But with the help of everyone at the base, including the one who has her on belay, she will risk herself every time. And now you know her history, a little bit of her history at eight years old, when she panicked on the top of a rock. But it has been through the communities that that we've been a part of where she is now able to risk of herself in such a way as to be able to take even this on. So I want to talk just briefly about the Brene Brown's book. Brene Brown wrote Daring Greatly, and in the sections, her last chapter is about Daring Greatly as families. Brene talks about the fact that we are in a time now where all too much of life is about shame. That uh, what she, she calls this the overwhelming expectation era. The fact that it's never enough. Whether it's our kids' grades are never enough, or the goals that they score in soccer are never enough, or the car that they drive, or the neighborhood where they live, none of it is ever enough. And what this does is it creates this never enough mentality, and this is what they grow up believing, that they're never enough. They're never good enough. And so what she says is the goal for any family and really any organization that deals with children, including a church, is wholeheartedness. And I love that term. It means that what we're trying to do is create kids with whole hearts, not diminished hearts, not never enough hearts, but whole hearts. And again, like the climbing wall, like here at Lazy F, like this week of senior high camp, it's never about not enough. It's all about you are enough. And now let's see where we can go with that. I want to admit to you standing right here at this climbing wall that Dorothy and I, with all four of our children, know that there there have been times where we have absolutely failed. And part of it was, and Brene Brown talks about this in her book, part of it was that we never felt comfortable about um, sharing our own vulnerability with our children. And, And a part of that is admitting our own failures particularly when it comes to them. It took us four kids, friends, four kids, and really four and a half kids, because it's only been in the last year or so where we've been able to sit with Cora and just apologize for times that we have failed her. Every parent fails their children. I wanted to see, and it wasn't just an experiment, it really was heartfelt when when we shared those times with her. But let me tell you what's happened as a result of that. What's happened is Cora now has permission to admit her own failures with us. And the remarkable thing is that she does. And she admits them all the time. 
she's 17 years old. I don't know of a whole lot of 17-year-olds who spend the kind of time just sitting and talking with their parents that she does. It's not us anymore. We've done what we can. It's now her. And I think of the obstacles that she has overcome, and this wall is absolutely representative of that. She lost a coach and a friend to a gang shooting in Auburn. She had a brother who, who has struggled with drug abuse his whole life. And we feel very, very privileged and very proud that we have a daughter who is willing to communicate the way she is. And so much of that is on her, but it's also because of a place like this and a place potentially like Aldersgate. Friends, our role as a church is to help our kids dare greatly. And let me just close with this thought. Every time a child is baptized, we covenant with that child and that family that we will support them throughout their lives, that we will surround them with our love and grace, that we will help fill them, and in times of struggle, that we will not let them go, that they will be on belay their whole lives. And my hope is that as we continue to move forward as a church, that we continue to take that covenant very, very seriously with every single one of our children, no matter what. And if they fall, or if one of their parents or both their parents fall or fail, that we are there on belay to make sure that they are surrounded with love and grace so that from there they can move forward and climb again. And so, friends, let's take this on. Let's take this on and build a culture of daring greatly, not only for our children, but yes, for our children, but for every single one who ever walks into this church, that we can be vulnerable with each other, that we can support each other, and that no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been here, no matter how old you are, every single person in this church has a role in that. I'm praying for us as we move forward from here. I am so excited about what we're headed as a church and thrilled to again be appointed at Aldersgate to be your pastor. And I want to say to you, as an old rock climber, my hope and prayer is that I can have you on belay as well. Friends, go in peace today, and I thank everybody who's been helping with the service today. Pray for us at the retreat, and let's be on belay together. Amen? Amen.